Well, it looks like we're live. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Nathan. Good to see you guys. Hey, John. Good to see you. Good to see you, Rebecca. Hi, John. Hi, Nathan. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Good to see you. Sorry. Um, looks like my computer kind of froze up there for a moment. So, so here we are, the end of another month, almost Easter. Didn't we just have Christmas? I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The years are going by faster and faster. Um, but glad you could all join us today. We have a lot to talk about. So um, a lot of important things are, are um, to discuss in the taking place in the legislative arena and also other things in the news. And um, gosh, there's so much going on this spring and this summer with Chia and Family Protection Ministries that we want to tell everybody about. So um, so Nathan, let's go ahead and start with the with the legislative issues. What are what are we what are you watching and what do we need to know about them? Yeah, so there is a lot going on in the legislative arena, as you said. Um, we've been watching a bunch of bills and um, things are just moving fast every day. Um, the first bill I wanted to start with is AB 249, which has to do with lead testing. That sounds kind of odd for us to care about, but the reason it is that this lead testing is for testing water pipes in schools. Mm -hmm. And the way the bill was originally written, it was all schools, including every private school, which, as you know, includes private homeschool families' homes. Right. So um, we wrote up uh, five different amendments and they took our first and favorite and um, that amendment excludes all private schools. So um, instead of having uh, agents of the Department of Ed or Public Health show up at your front door to inspect your water pipes and tell you you have to replace all the pipes in your house uh, at your own cost, um, now that bill only applies to public schools. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, that's that's thrilling. Well, thank you. Thank you yeah. for being vigilant and, and getting that language in there. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. I, I can't yeah. imagine doing that. Yeah, it, it's amazing. And and it kind of helps uh, to remember to remind me that uh, the working relationships that you build with people pays off because this bill, um, we were working with a staff member that we worked with all through last year as well. And so we had a relationship already with this guy before uh, we encountered a problem with this particular bill. So when we contacted him about this bill, he was already uh, knew who we were and was ready to engage with us on whatever problems that we had and uh, was willing to listen right up off the bat. So I, I'm really thankful for that. And it's a good reminder that it helps to connect with these people before there's a problem. Mm -hmm. Oh, excellent, excellent. So, and John, were you, looked like you yeah. were something, yeah. Oh, well, I will. well, first of all, good job, Nathan. But I think it's also a reminder that, you know, some of these bills that might, you know, there, there might seem like there's a disconnect uh, and there is a disconnect, um, you know, and oftentimes in the minds of the author when they're drafting them. Um, but you know a disconnect from what we're doing in, as private homeschoolers but the fact that nathan is on these and is able to get corrections and clarifications and exceptions this one they uh amended it you know broadly to exclude all private schools but when nathan's able to go in on some of these bills that are um you know might not on their face seem like 
the obvious ones to deal with, they are important because the more um, uh, you know, evidence there is that the legislature is accepting and understanding that we are here as private schools and home schools and we are operating within the bounds of the framework of that law, you know, when Nathan's able to go in there and get those exceptions, it really matters, you know, down the road when there are uh, perhaps more significant direct legal challenges. You know, we now have the foundation of a bunch of different um, types of laws that, um, you know, we were able to uh, point to as support for um, the framework of, of the law. So it's actually, it's very important. It's, it's obviously, we don't want people showing up and bugging us about our pipes, but it's even more important than that. So it, it's, a, it's a good job, Nathan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks. And, and isn't this a good example of looking back at um, Jonathan L? That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, the incremental cases that were, well, I shouldn't say cases, the legislative legislation that was amended that was pro private Christian homeschooling, pro PSA for homeschool parents, that it was, then it seemed very obvious that, that the right. original decision was wrong. Right. Yeah. And that's a really good point. Yeah. And, and I think too, what John was saying about what the, the legislators have an idea in their minds when they're drafting legislation, uh, this is an example of a bill that's going after a real problem. And obviously there's been some, some major problems in, in public school campuses with their water systems and kids getting sick. I don't have an issue with them addressing that problem, Right. Um, but trying to help channel the bill in the direction of helping them just deal with that problem and stay focused on it. Um, we just have to, we have to get in there and, and help them to do that and resolve the problem that they're trying to address. And that's, uh, that's, uh, that's something that uh, I really enjoy being able to help them fix their problem mm -hmm. while fixing our problem at the same time. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, so I, I count that a victory, AB 249. Yeah, a yeah. A win. So what about um, the kinder bill? Yeah, uh, that's SB 767. Oh, okay, SB 767. I think, I think we talked about that a couple months ago. Uh, it was introduced as a bill that just had intent language. It just said, basically, we want to introduce a bill that requires kindergarten or talks about kindergarten, and now we actually have amended language in there that's actually uh, a specific code language that says that they want that they that this bill requires all students to attend kindergarten before they enter the first grade in a public school. And that extra wording in a public school is critical. It's something that we asked them to add last year and the year before and the year before that. Um, but it's something that makes it clear that it doesn't apply to private schools, including private homeschools. So that means if this bill were to pass and get signed into law by the governor, it would require kindergarten for anybody that puts their kids in a public school, but it does not require kindergarten for anybody that gets their, that puts their kid into a private school, including private homeschool. Mm -hmm. so, so it's important. That little tiny phrase in there is really important. And it had been omitted this time, mysteriously. 
It, well, it, it when they first introduced the bill, it was sort of a vague bill that didn't have any code language in it. So yeah, it was it was odd that it didn't have any language when they first introduced it. I don't know oh, what okay. happened um, at their end, but they got it together and they used the same wording that we gave them last year um, to put in there. So okay. I think there's 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 good news and bad news with this bill at this point, kind of like what we talked about last year. It's still challenges uh, parental rights in making these determinations about kindergarten, uh, but it does pr protect private schools and parents that want to put their kids in a private school or home homeschool privately. Mm -hmm. So so there's kind of both both sides. So I'm glad we got our language in there. So that's that's a positive thing. Yeah, yeah. Another another win. Yeah. <laughs> two, two for, two for Nathan. <laughs> uh, boy, I wish the, the whole year would go that way. It seems like stuff is going so fast and you probably all heard about all kinds of crazy bills in Sacramento, but mm -hmm. yeah. um, um, the next one, scary. the next one is a little bit uh, mixed in our understanding because right now it's uh, AB 659 which is the um, HPV vaccination requirement bill that we talked about last time, I think. Um, and that bill was just amended yesterday and it actually has some confusing wording in it. Part of it seems pretty straightforward. Um, it does require um, vaccines now for college really, really clearly isn't that that's what we would say right john it's pretty clear that it requires it for college yeah i think it uses the term require when it's yeah. talking about um so just to be clear it's talking about um public colleges so community colleges cal state and uh, uc system so so it requires it for that level but for the um for the lower for for k-12 education it's a little more ambiguous. It says it's the public policy of the state. Um, the com most confusing part of it for me is that the statement that the led that the author's office gave me yesterday or today, yesterday, today is the 24th, yesterday, the 23rd with their amendment was that it still requires it for K to 12 students. Um, uh, and that, that, um, that, verification will be required for entering eighth grade it's confusing it seems like they don't they're not consistent with their language at this point so i think they're still trying to figure out exactly what it means perhaps um sometimes that means that they're still trying to figure out what they want to do and sometimes it means that they're just trying to get all their wording lined up and they just haven't gotten it all cleaned up yet so um i'm trying to get an appointment to get more clarity on that and um that's kind of the best update that I have on that bill right now because mm -hmm. it's kind of in flux and lots of moving parts at this point. Right. They're amending yeah. it, but it seems a little, it hasn't landed solidly on advising versus requiring. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I will say it does, it does seem to me from looking at the bill that they are pulling away from the requirement or the um, adolescent years, um, but certainly what Nathan is saying about an inconsistent statement coming from their office um, is concerning and, you know, need some clarification on that for sure. Exactly. And I would have to say, I, not having been in the middle of this, but 
um, it is a controversial vaccine. And I think, uh, and I can see where they might back off with younger, with the, you know, minors, um, but then putting it squarely on the shoulders of those that are 18 and over. I don't, I don't know. Is it, do you think the mama bears out there have anything to do with the changes? I think so. I think that the, I mean, I, re I recall a statement that the author put out immediately upon, um, you know, putting the bill out there saying she understood there was going to be blowback and they were ready for it. And mm -hmm. I don't think they were. So uh, mm -hmm. yeah, there was a lot of pushback. I, I think anytime you're talking about vaccines, um, you can, you will have different people suggesting different levels of, um, you know, concern um, or controversy over, you know, a particular vaccine. But I think you're right, Rebecca, that there is a, a heightened level of concern out there amongst parents and um, the citizenry about this particular vaccine. So I think that it did hit a nerve and there was a lot of uh, commotion about it for sure. And I think still, I think there still will be, I mean, even if, even if we get confirmation that, um, no, it's only a suggestion right. under 18, um, which I'm hopeful we're able to get that confirmation. I, I think that's what the code says now, the, the amendment, but we still want that confirmation. But even if we get that, um, it will still affect us and our kids because even uh, even our even us as homeschool families i mean what they are now suggesting is that before our students can potentially enter any community college any cal state system any uc system they are potentially now there's some language in there that it's up you know the colleges can have a say on this it gives them some authority to how they want to enforce this or if they want to, but um, it's still a problem that anybody or any family that has kids wanting to go to a community college, Cal State or UC are gonna have to face at that point, just push it back. You know, I'm grateful that they're no longer saying, you know, 13 year olds have to deal with this, but it's, mm -hmm. they're still potentially barring all of our children or anybody, you know, anybody who doesn't want to get this um, from attending state colleges. So, I mean, it's not over. I mean, that, that's great that again, they're not going after the younger kids, but I mean, it's not a victory if you can't go to college to right. go to college without it, you know, it's mm -hmm. still be something that yeah. people could um, grapple with. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well said. Mm -hmm. Well, but I think, um, you know, we've seen our legislature legislators try to throw big things out there and walk it back a little bit and push things through incrementally. And right. I wonder if that this is a perfect example of that. But, yeah. but I think also this, this should encourage parents that grassroots advocacy matters. It makes yeah. a difference. So yeah, like you said, the, the mama bears. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they, they, you know, so that's, and, and I think that's important. Parents have a voice. So, and that's really our concern with the, with these um, mandated vaccines. It's not that Chia or Family Protection Ministries is either pro or anti vaccinations. It's parental choice and, right. and 
people making those medical decisions for their children, um, not the state. So, um, okay, so AB 659 was amended and now it's a little fuzzy, but stand by for the next chapter on that right. one. <laughs> uh, so, but we have um, ACA 9, which is a little different. Yeah, yeah, ACA, it's not an AB, it's not an SB, it's an ACA, which is an Assembly mm -hmm. Constitutional Amendment. Okay. And that bill is actually um, aiming to change the way that we get our superintendent of public instruction in California, which currently it's elected as a state, statewide elected office, just like our governor is elected by all the people in the state. The California superintendent of public instruction is is elected by all the people in the state of California, um, everyone that votes, I should say. Um, and uh, so this bill would change that so that the governor just appoints that person instead of them being elected by the people, they would be appointed by the governor who's elected by the people. So um, I think generally speaking, um, the more you take things out of the hands of the people, uh, particularly when we're talking about education, it's a dangerous thing to remove things further away from uh, parental involvement. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, that's my take on it is, is kind of not a good idea. No, I agree with you. I mean, I think you have to ask the question, I mean, why does somebody think that it's a good idea to stop allowing us to have a direct vote on this, right? I mean, what yeah. is the reason? Why do they think that it needs to change? So, and it does, it removes, um, you know, it's more of a disconnect between the actual uh, electorate, for sure, obviously. So, yeah. with you, Nathan, on that. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I'm so that just begs the question: Do we know why? Do we know what the you know has there been any statement on why they think this is a good idea, or what we're doing right now currently is not a good idea? Well, I think I think part of it is is being argued that it saves money if we don't put it as an elected office. <laughs> <laughs> which okay you save money on elect on all elections if you stop having them i guess right right <laughs> yeah. so but i think um I, I, you can always uh make uh you could always make various arguments and 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 there's always um you know theories behind everything i i i think it's because they don't want people to have control on the education right. side that's right. Um, okay. They'd rather have some people make a recommendation to the governor and have him just go with that. Um, but I think I think the more people have control, like uh, in California, uh, we need to hold on to every bit of that that we can. Is my right. my opinion. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. That's well. Thank you. Thank and thanks for explaining that. And we. Um, you know, what the potential motives are behind it. And we talked a little bit about the fact that the ACA, the, the amendment to the constitution still goes through committees, correct? Right. It's still, right. yeah. So it's treated very much like any other piece of legislation. So, yep. okay. okay, wonderful. Um, and so, so the news, your favorite school district, John. <laughs> oh yeah, all of our favorite school districts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. LAUSD is striking. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So we'll see how long it lasts. I, I, I heard that maybe they were just going to go through this week, but I, I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, with that obviously comes 
families um, having to deal with, you know, what to do with their kids and kids are not in school and, you know, trying to scramble and figure things out. And, you know, unfortunately this is, um, you know, becoming all too common. I mean, it, you know, the strikes happen, you know, it seems like every, every year, you know, around uh, the different school districts and obviously everybody remembers the shutouts and lockdowns of the last few years. So I think it's just a reminder um, of the you know, problems and uncertainty and frustration that can come with, you know, outsourcing education to um, the public school district and just an opportunity to reflect, families to reflect on the freedom that they have here. If they so choose to take advantage of it, to um, take back the control of the education of their kids. And um, if anybody's considering homeschooling and feeling that frustration and been wondering how to do it, we'd love to talk to them about that opportunity and how to go about uh, doing that. I, I think that I read somewhere that in all of this um, news about the strike at LAUSD, uh, I think the superintendent's office released some figures in trying to support its side, which is that they just don't have the finances to pay for the, the wage increases that are being sought, that they are planning on suspending $24,000 a year uh, per student. Um, that's their budget um, in the LAUSD, which is really just um, almost unbelievable. Uh, it's certainly believable for an agency like LAUSD, but I think when you know you compare that obviously to the you know, very low costs uh, for homeschooling. You know, we mm -hmm. have all kinds of training and people who will talk at our events and, you know, we're happy to talk about how to homeschool on a budget and do it very efficiently. But even, right. even when you compare that to, you know, a traditional private school, it's, it's a crazy amount of money. So um, I was, uh, that number caught my attention this week when, when I was uh, looking at that issue. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, you know, they, they don't, um, you know, it is a problem for them, certain, they, and they are, they meaning the public school districts and, and the state as a whole, you know, they, they will recognize that it is alarming um, with, um, you know, how many parents they anticipate, you know, choosing homeschooling or choosing some other form um, pulling their kids out, it's happening, you know, so it's, there are parents taking advantage of those other opportunities, including homeschooling, which we think is, is excellent, you know, and private homeschooling is, you know, the paramount, um, as far as freedom, uh, comes in the state. So, um, you know, they're alarmed, they're saying they, they are alarmed. We don't find it alarming. We find it refreshing and, and wonderful that parents are doing those things, but, Right. Uh, you know, it is, it's happening. It's another opportunity to, to reflect on those things for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So $24,000 a year per student. <laughs> right. That's um, right. <laughs> how much money do, does your family spend, John? And I mean, we have yeah. not schooled since 2006, so we don't count anymore. <laughs> but I mean, for per student, not, not all together, because obviously we're talking per student, $1,000. Yeah, I mean, is that, is that even generous? May, maybe. I think Honestly. that's 
I think yeah. that's that would be generous for for our family. I know uh, right now. I mean, we we've got a few kids in school at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I don't know the exact math, but yeah, a thousand would be generous. That's I mean, you can buy you know a real nice set of curriculum and maybe even a laptop. And I mean, you know, if you're spinning that, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, even a thousand dollars a student is probably above the average for many of our families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and in, in, in our, persp- our, our sphere, as I said, I, I don't know that dollars and cents compare anymore because it was right. such a long time ago. But when you consider the fact that, you know, we had five students, a lot of the materials that we used were, I used for more than one year. Right. Right. They didn't use something necessarily with all five, but I didn't have to rebuy something every single year. And that's exactly right. You know, towards the end of our homeschooling career, you know, I just bought things I wanted, not necessarily what we needed anymore. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, homeschooling is very efficient. And then when you consider the fact that um, not only do you hand me down the curriculum to different students when it's suitable for them. Um, but then there's also the swapping and, mm-hmm. and sharing, you know, with curriculum. And then also the co-oping. I had a dear friend, by a marine biologist who absolutely just got my kids so super excited about lab sciences that it would be silly for me to try to do it. I mean, (laughs) she shared her expertise with the kids for like $5 a week for, for lab materials or something like that. You know, I mean, you just, and she loved my kids. Yeah. It wasn't just there for a paycheck. She did it because we were investing in one another's children. So she did she did science. I was just talking to one of the girls the other day about a book club I did, doing a book club with my granddaughters now, and uh, I posted it on social media. And one of the graduates from our neighborhood school, she said, oh, your book clubs were the best. I thought, oh, she remembers 20 years <laughs> <years> later, <laughs> you know, yeah. but you're investing. You're, you know, that doesn't happen in school districts all the time it's that's a you know that's no. a treasure when it happens but in our homeschool communities i mean we're there we're there for each other and there's no dollar on that you can't put can't that's put right that is so true that is true. Yeah. true so so yeah and the sad thing about it is the result okay so it's so these huge decentralized i want to say lausd is decentralized let's let's just acknowledge it it's too big you know so education from the east side isn't fitting the west side and so on and so forth um so it's not efficient financially but what about effectiveness what's the success rate well we well we know that um and again you know we're everything that we do isn't as homeschoolers isn't about necessarily you know test scores and you know comparing ourselves to um you know the public school, but there is some value in looking at those figures. And we do know that certainly on a national level and a statewide level, thanks to some recent research that homeschool families um, score significantly better on the average than uh, public school uh, children do. So Mm -hmm. when you look at those scores, um, there is a difference and it's better for homeschool families. And it doesn't matter, um, 
whether the parents, there's no significant difference as far as the scores. <clears throat> if the parent, what the parent's education level is, what the income level is, um, when you factor those things in, um, still uh, homeschool children are scoring better. Yeah, yeah, up to 80, um, 30% better. 15 in, to 30% given. 15 to 30%, give, yeah. 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 Yeah, so yeah, just take away the human, you know, the humanity, the community and take away, you know, take away the dollars and cents, the outcome is still much, much better. Right. So, yeah, so we, you know, um, we have that opportunity for families to, to again participate this year. Um, the, our latest California study was published last year, um, but we are considering this an ongoing study and we are even a part of a national study now. Um, California was kind of the pilot program for that, then it went to become a multi-state and now it's national. So we're excited about that. Um, but we, we do have that opportunity for families to participate in testing this year. Um, they can do, if they contact or, or take a look at our website, they'll see how to do um, testing, uh, I, I think in groups and in-person paper testing uh, through the end of June and then June through August online testing. Um, and we're still actually working on perhaps getting another vendor in there. So um, if you're if you're interested in uh, paper testing and, and doing this with your group, and this makes it really special for the kids. Um, it's kind of a holiday, you know, um, de definitely a break in the action, um, day to day, Monday through Friday action, um, and gives them an opportunity to, you know, do something a little different. So, um, Nathan, you, um, you said your, your kids actually, it's the highlight of their year. Yeah. Yeah. My wife does a great job making it a really special day with, you know, snacks they wouldn't normally get or, um, treats or, I'm just making a, a, a an all day field trip fun thing um, for for a couple of days when they're doing their testing with the group and uh, they they love it um, and and it's something that the the younger ones um, uh, can can be looking up to the older kids doing the testing and going oh I'll get to do that someday so um, it, it can be a really fun thing. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So we we would encourage families to participate in that if you want to, um, you know, contribute to the science of why homeschooling, you know, why and how homeschooling does, you know, really work. The um, testing, standardized testing, is not required in California. Um, so we are we realize that, and we, we are asking you to do something that isn't required by the law, um, but it definitely benefits homeschool freedom in the long run. So yep, yep, that's what that's what legislators get best is numbers. Okay, all right, <laughs> yeah. So when you walk in with 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 scientific facts, they're impressed. They're they, lo they love studies and what they love best of all is a new study. So mm -hmm. okay. Okay. well we, we want to have new studies continue <laughs> continue to turn those out. So that's right. Um, and, and also families can know that they're not just a trip contributing to California's homeschool freedom but nationwide as well. So yeah. especially since California students have done so exceptionally, I mean, we really definitely want to get them out there. So, um, but, you know, we have an awful lot of things coming up, a lot happening this spring and summer, and I, I kind of don't know where to begin. I mean, you and you and Dr. Ray just had two back-to-back -back, um, 
in the neighborhood events and and now april 22nd we have another one coming up in san gabriel valley um, this one is a, a great one for families that are wondering about preschool and what about high school. Um, so if you are interested in that, come on out. To, I'm going to put links to all of these events to everything I'm going to put links to in, in the comments. So, um, and, and so that's the next one coming up on the schedule. But Nathan, what's happening on May 20th? And John yeah. will be there yeah. too, right? May, May 20th is exciting. We're having a homeschool freedom day down in San Diego. And um, this event is uh, really, it's kind of, it kind of launched out of a desire to have some of the training available that we do at Capital Day down in Southern California. Um, but we kind of take an extra focus on um, things that you can do without going to Sacramento, uh, things you can do from home and things you can do by visiting your district office. But the focus is homeschool freedom what freedoms do we have and what does it take to maintain those freedoms and how you can get involved and so that's what we'll be talking about we already have some speakers lined up um our advocate of the year jennifer avila is going to be speaking there yeah. um so i'm excited about that mm -hmm. um also one of our our favorites drew is going to be back um talking as well about uh some some practical training tips and um uh, we'll have some others as well so i'm looking forward to that Mm -hmm. exciting and and john you're 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 coming down that's right yep Every okay. anytime me and nathan uh have a chance to hang out in person uh it's a fun time so looking okay. yeah um, yeah that'll be awesome yeah wonderful well that we're gonna mark that day on the calendar everybody and if you're in the san diego area please plan on joining us may 20th um, May 20th. Okay. And then July 13th through 15th is our annual event. We're calling it this year the Parenting. Mm, I always get Parenting that. Parenting and Homeschool Conference. Parenting yes. and Homeschool <laughs> Conference. Sorry. Um, July 13th through 15th at Calvary Chapel Downey. So, and we've got some new special things happening this year. A little different venue um, than we've used in the past, but gosh, Thursday's packed. I mean, Friday and Saturday is our, our usual offerings, which we put on a great homeschool convention. We have wonderful keynote speakers coming. Uh, Ginger um, Hubbard. Ginger Hubbard, thank you. Um, and also Heidi St. John is coming, so we're thrilled. Uh, Jim Mason, new president of HSLDA, be, will be one of our featured speakers. So uh, we've got a great lineup of featured and keynote speakers. But Thursday we have uh, Walk Through the Bible, th through the Old Testament live with Walk Through the Bible. Um, and we've got had a good turnout for that in the early signups. We also have a couple of other classes, um, but I think the one that's uh, seems to be getting the most attention is uh, the IEW writing course. Right. Andrew Poudwa. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So we we launched registration for this last week for early bird members only. So if you're not a Chia member, you can sign up now. But of course, you should become a Chia member and get a deep discount on our, all of our events and, and our products. So, um, but we're not going to stop in July. I mean, that's the, you know, that's the highlight. July is going to be the, you know, you, you've heard the term Christmas in July. This is the Christmas of Chia's year is our annual event, uh, but we'll be having other in the neighborhood events sprinkled throughout the state the rest of the summer. So and on into the fall. 
Um, so we're, you know, we want you to keep an eye on our website. If you haven't subscribed to our events, please do. And subscribe to our um, e-newsletter, please do. You'll get a preview of coming events. Uh, but Nathan, you've got more going on too. I mean, there's, you have, um, <clears throat> fill I, us in. I do have uh, an event coming up in the Bay Area. If you're in the Bay Area, um, in Pleasanton on April 1st, I'll be at a TPUSA event at a church um, called uh, God Over Government, and I'll be talking about what God has to say about education. Um, so I'll be there with some other uh, speakers as well. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and you mentioned I just finished some events with Brian Ray, and those were those were great. And he talked about his latest study on abuse in various education environments, which is really interesting. So we're hoping to have an article from him uh, coming up soon okay. on that, which will be worth checking out as well. Yeah, tough topic. So okay, yep. all right. And then uh, not to forget the next Capital Day. That's Did right. I see we have dates for those already? We do 17, 18, 19 of 2024, January. So January, January of next year, okay. mark your calendar now Okay. Uh, to join us up here in Sacramento, January 17, 18 and 19. Okay, okay. Not to be missed. We want everybody to come on out. I just wrote them down, so. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen. I know we had a lot to talk about. So thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. And um, it's important we keep everybody informed about what's happening in the legislature, informed about what's happening in the world around us, our, our own backyard, LAUSD, but then also, you know, how families can be uh, trained and equipped also. So. Yes. All right. So yeah, thank good you. to see you too, and uh, have a have a blessed Easter. Oh, thank you. All right. Yeah, All right. You too. Take care.